Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Cider Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. There's not a whole lot to talk about Cubs-wise, but we'll talk plenty of baseball stuff. We have the Hall of Fame to talk about. We have some new inductees. We have some, you know, a few things about Cubs convention that we're probably going to touch on, too, and just kind of go from there. Uh, there's not a lot going on right now, not a lot of news, really, so we'll just kind of wing it this week. Adam, how you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Chugging along. Well, that's good. Um, be glad that you are not in the city of Chicago. The weather has been really bad the past week, and it's going to get even worse. So be glad you're oh, not here. It's it's not great in my neck of the woods either. It, it's been really icy. I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's I, thought dangerous. I, was, I thought I was going to die yesterday just walking out to my mailbox. I, I realized halfway there it was a huge mistake. Yeah, I know that feeling. It was uh, yesterday when I got home from work. Our driveway was literally just sheet ice, and then you look at the forecast. Uh, Friday is going to be like a high of five degrees, so that'll be fun. Get your cargo shorts out. Woo party! So anyway, uh, going into the show, we had the Hall of Fame results. The 2019 class has fully been announced. We had the two Veterans Committee guys being announced. That was. Harold Baines and former Cub Lee Smith, who we will talk about. But we also had Mariano Rivera being the first ever unanimous Hall of Famer. The late Roy Halladay, first ballot Hall of Famer. Edgar Martinez finally getting in. And Moose, Mike Mussina, finally getting in. You look at Mariano Rivera, first unanimous Hall of Famer, and the thing with him is he deserves to be a unanimous Hall of Famer. He really does. But the fact that it took this long to get a unanimous Hall of Famer is puzzling. Yeah, absolutely, Mariano Rivera deserves to be a unanimous Hall of Famer, but him being the first one in 2019, I mean, that's nuts. I really thought that Rivera was going to be close to unanimous. I didn't know if he was actually going to be because people are going to be like, oh, well, a reliever, He's only pitching in certain situations, which, you know, those are silly reasons. But you look at many of the other reasons that the committee votes, and you, it doesn't really make much sense to many of us. So that's why there's kind of controversy. But the, the nice thing is that you got to see Mariano Rivera and his family react to the news that he was the first unanimous Hall of Famer. If you watch that video, on, it was posted on Twitter. It might be on YouTube, but you'll find it on social media you got to watch it because it's pretty dang awesome. It really, really is. Now, Roy Halladay, that was a tearjerker because, as many of you know, Roy Halladay tragically passed away in a, in a plane crash just last year. I don't think it was even a full year ago. It might have been around a full year ago. I, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was about a year ago. And it's really sad that he didn't get to witness him being put into the Hall of Fame. And some may ask, was he really a first ballot Hall of Famer? Because people know him as a great player. Was he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Go back and look at the numbers. I mean, they're pretty incredible. If you just go back to, go on baseball reference and go 
from 2002 to just, I don't know, 2011. Those were kind of the years of his his all-star years in over 2,000 innings. He had a sub-3 ERA, 2.97, a FIP of 3.12, and a 1.1 whip, and 1,699 Ks. That's pretty dang good. Roy Halladay was probably, I don't want to say underrated because everyone knew how good he was, but you do need to go back and look and just see how great those numbers were because the numbers are awesome. Adam, did you think Roy Halladay was a first ballot Hall of Famer? Because I truly believe he was. Mm, I, I think it's kind of borderline, you know, kind of kind of fringe, fringe first ballot. I mean, it, fantastic career. Career 3.38 ERA over 16 years is, is great. I don't know if it's quite Hall of Fame. I, it's one of those guys that if he didn't get in, I would have understood, but I, I don't really have any complaints that he got in either. I do, I do think that his death probably had something to do with, uh, with, with getting more votes. I don't think anybody would doubt that. But Yeah, it probably did, but I, I still think that he was worthy of being in the Hall of Fame. And one factor I do put into that is you look at those numbers in Toronto – he pitched all those years in the American League, and he pitched against the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox all those years. So that, that's got to say something. Uh, now, Mariano Rivera being the first unanimous Hall of Famer, you know, I mentioned that it was pretty crazy that he's the first one. What, what did you think about that? Did you think that it was crazy that he was the first one? Because I, I personally think he deserved it, but did you think it was crazy he was the first one? I uh, yes and no. I, I because I'm with you. I do think that he deserved to be uh, unanimous. But I, I also think that if he's going to be unanimous, there, there's probably there has to be some guys uh, from the past who who could have been unanimous. Then don't you think? Oh yeah, I mean Ken Griffey Jr. should have been unanimous. Greg yeah. Maddox should have been unanimous. Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Hank Aaron, those all should have been unanimous. Yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I mean. Is you know I'm I'm not. I don't mean to take anything away from Mariano Rivera here because he he deserved it 100%. For sure. Uh, but yeah, it, but but if he's going to be unanimous then I it it blows my mind that that some of these previous guys weren't. Yeah, exactly. We also have Edgar Martinez who was on the bell for quite some time and everyone was just saying it was just a matter of time. It was and now finally he's in. You look at the numbers over the years. Dude is a pretty dang good hitter. He was a guy that got on base at a 400-plus clip through most of his career, and his total is 418. So he was an on-base machine. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to walk back here just a little bit on what I said uh, in the beginning of the show. Uh, I actually don't totally agree with Edgar Martinez being in the hall because I'm I'm pretty anti-DH. And I, I, <laughs> I'm going to go old man yells at cloud here and say that being oh, a DH boy. makes you half a baseball player. Makes you one half a baseball player. I'm sorry, but that's just that's that's the way it is. So you don't think a guy who over 18 years got an had an on base percentage of 418 deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? That's right. Play the field. But what if he was a terrible fielder and he was still a great hitter? Would you be saying the same thing? 
No, because if he was a, a great hitter and a terrible fielder, then he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer, then would he? Then we, we'd all be saying, yeah, he was a, he was Derek a fantastic probably hitter. Derek Hall of Fame. He was a fantastic hitter, but he sucked in the field. No, people would say he was a fantastic hitter. You'd vote, look how many fantastic hitters were in great fielders. You think Babe Ruth was a great fielder? Yeah, but Babe, Babe Ruth's a legend. Let, let's not pretend like Edgar Martinez and Babe Ruth belong in the, in the, the same sentence together. Look, at, was Ted Williams known for having a great glove? I, I don't suppose, but maybe maybe Ted Williams shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. What? I just I, – I don't know. I just hate the DH. So, you know what? Even – okay, let, let, let's say that, that you are a bad fielder. At least you were a complete player. At least you did everything that you're supposed to do in baseball. I just – I hate the DH so much. I, I just think that – even if you suck at fielding, you should do it. I, I just wish the MLB would get rid of the DH. I hate it. Well, it's I hate stupid. to tell it's you, ridiculous. buddy, but it's going to go in the other direction. Yeah, don't I know it. Um, let's, well, let me let's ask you this. You, I mean, look at Derek Jeter. He's probably going to the Hall of Fame. He has over 3,000 hits. And look, he's won all these gold gloves, but you know what? You actually look at the metrics. The fielding was bad. Don't let the gold gloves fool you. I know a lot of people listening to this are going to be like, whoa, what are you talking about? You want gold gloves. You look at his real, like, metrics, fielding, they're they're bad. They're really bad. Well, he, then, he then made he, some pretty plays, but overall, the metrics were not good. Then maybe maybe Derek, maybe Derek Jeter shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame ever. I mean, a guy with over 3,000 hits? That's right. But what if you're a pitcher? Maybe the well, pitcher's one-dimensional. It's pitcher, pitching. pitcher, pitcher. I guess is kind of a different story. Even though I also I I do think that pitcher pitcher's hitting is pathetic. It really just comes down to they don't work on it at all. They don't they don't care to work on it. They don't want to. And I think they should because it didn't always used to be that way. Pitchers used to be adequate hitters, and now they just they spend zero time practicing their hitting at all which I think is kind of stupid because I don't think that spending a little time working on your hitting would necessarily take anything away from their pitching abilities. And I mean, look at college guys. All the college pitchers are good hitters too. Uh, it just is, once they get to the pros, they quit working on it altogether, which I think is kind of stupid. Well, I mean, I, I think there's, you, you could, I think it's okay to argue that they could work on their hitting a little more though I do feel like they can't focus too much because their main priority is to go on the mound and get outs. And I think with some pitchers, you got to say, hey, you know, don't try to hurt yourself out there because, you know, pitchers these days, they throw harder, they throw faster, they throw more types of things. And I guess the risk for injury goes up. What I'm saying is just, just spend a little time working on it. I just hate that in the National League, you you just accept that one of the spots in your lineup is just going to be dead weight at the plate. I mean, there's very there's very few exceptions to that, but the, the, every other manager just accepts the fact that one out of the nine spots is just a guaranteed out. It's not that hard to just spend just a little bit of time working on it. I, I don't think that you know de just dedicate a little bit of time each week. I don't know. It, it just it makes me really mad. Well, you know what's actually kind of funny is the Cubs have a really good history of hitting pitchers because Ferguson Jenkins was a good hitter. We've had Carlos, M Carlos Zambrano was a really good hitter. Uh, 
Kerry Wood, Mark Pryor were good hitters. Maddox even was a decent hitter. Rick Sutcliffe was a good hitter. And just in recent years, look look at uh, John Lester. He wasn't known for hitting at all. Now he's actually kind of a respectable hitting pitcher these days. Jake Garrieta right. was a pretty good hitter. It, it's kind and of funny all, how that works. And all those guys you named are phenomenal pitchers and were phenomenal pitchers. So it's not like it's impossible. It's not like working on hitting and 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 trying to be a decent decent hitter means that you're that it takes something away from your pitching. It, it, I just don't buy that at all. I think it's just. I don't know. I I don't agree with the the mentality of of letting every pitcher just completely ignore the hitting aspect of the game. As long as it's part of your duty to go up to the plate and hit, you should want to be halfway decent at it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the MLB commissioner's office when they're all having a big meeting with all the executives and the owners and, you know, everything, whether it's via virtual or you're in there in person. Just If there's going to be a big meeting among baseball, I want you to go there looking like a total plebe and have all these demands written out and just you yelling at them and see what they say. Oh, believe me, if I could, I would. I would absolutely do that. But something tells me I'd have a hard time getting past security. Oh, yeah, and it would be great because you would be in the middle of ranting and they'd just come and drag you out by the collar and be like, who the heck is this kid? And next thing you know, you're you're still ranting, but they're dragging you out of the room as you kick your legs furiously. <laughs> I, I, you know what? You come with me. We'll do it together. We'll we'll make this a, a dynamic duo mission. We'll go in there to the commissioner's office and we'll just impose our will on them. Oh, I got a lot of things I would like to say. Um, I think they should implement. Oh, what should they implement? I think that you and I both got to go in there and say, look, this whole pitch clock idea. I need you to kill it with a hammer. Yeah. I yeah, would also say. Yeah, absolutely. I would also say uh, make a mandated law that all hot dogs must be free on weekends at the ballpark because, I mean, let's face it, I don't what? want to spend $5 for a free. hot dog. Okay, yeah. I mean, ballpark food is, is definitely overpriced, but let's not be communists here. Come on. Free? they they got to make money. Just yeah, okay. on weekends. Let's see. Okay. I never said let's this was realistic. Yeah, well, obviously. Okay, so they they make hot dogs free on weekends, and then all of a sudden tickets are are twice as expensive. Because well, Alex had to have his hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe me. I know there's no logistics in this whatsoever. It's just me trying. You can't blame a man for trying. I I think they should have a rule where you're not allowed to put ketchup on your hot dogs. I think every food basket should have a scanner if it is fries, then the scanner beeps green, and you could put the ketchup on it. But if it detects a hot dog, then it'll go red, and it won't squirt on it. Or it will squirt on it, and it will just electroshock you. Well, that's a little mean, but okay. I mean, you got you got to learn somehow. Well, I guess. The other thing I would do for baseball is I would say legitimately – Hold your umpires accountable for mistakes because that doesn't happen. That would meaning be a realistic what? demand. I, I mean, I meaning, think they probably already do. I mean, if you if you botch enough calls over and over again, if you if you build a reputation for it, I would think that you'd get fired. Have you seen a, a, an ump get fired? No, but that doesn't. I mean, I can't. 
I mean, we really only know of the big name umps just because I can't think of one doesn't mean it hasn't happened. I mean, I'm 100% certain that umpires have been fired for being bad at their jobs. And if they haven't, then maybe that's just a testament to the MLB being good at, at picking guys who get it right. Because I, I get as frustrated as anybody else when umpires blow calls, especially big ones, game-changing ones. Uh, but the fact of the matter is it just it's going to happen. The human eye can't get it right every single time. And really, we should be impressed by how often they do get it right because they get it right almost all the time. Most of the time they get it right, which is really damn impressive when you consider how fast things are happening on the field, uh, how close some of these calls are. More often than not, they get it right. And we don't give them enough credit when they do. But as soon as they miss one, then we're all over it and we're deciding that MLB needs to really put the hammer down on guys. But, you know, this is why we have replay now. Uh, the one thing I would say to them is you need to make your replay system quicker because we, we sit at home and yeah. we watch these games and they show the – we see challenges and they show the replay and it – Almost always, it's obvious what the right call is, whether it needs to be overturned or not. Most of the time, it's obvious what the call needs to be, and it still takes way too long, which I just don't understand. Yeah, and, you know, when I say hold that umpire down, well, I'm not talking like balls and strikes because, I mean, look, pitchers are throwing harder. Umpires are getting older. It's got to be really hard to look at a strike zone. I couldn't imagine yeah. doing that. But – you have times where umpires try to take over the game and it causes problems on the field. I won't elaborate much, but I just really wish there was a stronger clamp on that kind of thing. But, you know, you have the whole umpires union and that would cause a whole uproar. So, I mean, really the, the whole situation is kind of a mess. I mean, I know this probably wouldn't happen, but my ideal thing would be is you start to kind of weed out the older umpires and be like, okay, Joe West, Angel Hernandez, CB Buckner, you guys have, done so much Ages. for so long, time to retire. Let's bring in some young blood here. If you're not going to have Ages. robots, bring in some more young blood. You ageist. I, I don't care. I don't care how old – in any profession, I don't care how old you are. If you're still good at your job, then keep doing it. I, but I some of them the, aren't. The yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's true. Some of them aren't. But I, I, don't, I don't agree with the mentality of pushing someone out just because they're old in favor of getting someone younger just because – if you're still good at your job, you're still good at your job, and you should be able to keep doing it. Um, I'm not saying but, it's just because of their age, but I'm, I'm saying guys oh, like I, Joe West who continue to cause uproars. You've you got to do, though. So I, know you're, I know you're not saying that specifically, but some people do, that, that you, they need to be done just because they're old. Well, yeah, I mean, you've you got to have more of a reason than that. But guys like Angel Hernandez, Joe West, you know, They've been in this game a long time, and I can at least expect respect their longevity. But you see all the uh, controversy with them, and the you know it's just enough of that. Enough. So you you are anti robot umps uh, for calling balls and strikes, right? Is that what I? I heard just from don't you? think we're at the spot right now where we can resort to that kind of thing. I mean, what you, because we, you what don't do want have? it, or because you don't think the technology's there. Kind of both. Okay. What I would like to see is kind of a hybrid where umpires are still humans, but they use something to electronically see the play. Like, this sounds kind of crazy and futuristic, but hear me out. I mean, let's say an umpire's mask has kind of like a visor, and the visor has an electronic strike zone. And 
you see where the balls and strikes are in the strike zone, and you call them if the you know if the strike is picked up in the strike zone, you call it a strike. If the ball, you call it a ball. And to evaluate mm. an umpire's performance, people could go back at the archive game and see what they're calling. That's that's an interesting idea. I, I even if that technology was there, I still would be opposed to it. Uh, a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I love the human element of the game when it comes to umping. And and I know strikes the strike zone makes a lot of people mad. It's it's a good way to get everyone riled up. Uh, I like that different umpires have different strike zones. I think it makes the game more entertaining. I think it adds something to the game. Uh, I think that it forces players on teams to to be a little bit more strategic about how they approach the plate when they know that a certain ump is calling uh, uh, balls outside more than than usual. I think that it's good for the game. I think I think it adds something. I'm okay with umpires having different strike zones as long as they're consistent in a game. And, as and, long as it's and, not one-sided. Yeah, yeah. and I if think it's most of the time I'm going to have a problem. And and I I think that most of the time they are consistent. It's just that the very few times that they aren't, it makes us so angry that that it makes it seem like it's a frequent problem. Oh, Corey, I mean, you know, human emotion changes the whole opinion very quick. And, I mean, look, this is nothing new. It's been around since the game's ever been there. I just think that in this day and age, when you have an opportunity to make things better, easier, then you got to at least consider it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I just – we never had a problem with the human element of the game before. It's really only in the Twitter generation that we all of a sudden think that we need robots to do everything. Well, in this day and age, we also have high-definition replays and slow motion. I mean, even, in, even before, say – the 90s, you look at baseball broadcasts of old, and you only really have one angle. And, I mean, sure, you can tell ball outside, strike inside when it's obvious, but, I mean, this day and age, we have the strike zone graphic. We have replays from all different angles. So it's easier for us to pick up on the mistakes than it was a while ago. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with it, though. I really I don't have a problem with the occasional bad call mistake. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that it's it's feasible to get it right 100% of the time. Uh, I mean, it, 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 this isn't just an MLB problem either. I mean, look at the NFL. The Saints probably just got jobbed out of going to the Super Bowl because of a blown call. Uh, it's, it just happens every once in a while. I, I don't think that, that just because, you know, that – balls and strikes get missed every once in a while or a guy gets called safe when he was out that we need robots to do everything that the umpires do. I just don't agree with it. Yeah, I mean, the making of the calls is what bothers me the least. What, Like I said, what bothers me more is when guys like Joe West try to take over the game or when they're throwing guys out unnecessarily. And when they do just stuff like that, that's, that's what ticks me off because – there's no reason for it. They're doing it just to be power hungry. Okay, maybe it's not just to be power hungry, but that that's what annoys me about umpires more than anything. I mean, like you said, strikes and balls are hard to call, and you know what? If they go a few ways, it, that's just going to happen. It, it's not yeah. as much that. It's the umpires taking over games like guys like Joe West do, or it's the replay system, as you said, taking way too long and half the time the call is blatantly wrong when you can see it. I also, 
I also got to say this. It's kind of funny. I keep ragging on Joe West. I can at least respect the fact that he's been in the game this long and he continues to do what he does. I don't always like what he does. I sometimes really hate what he does. But, hey, he's stuck with it for so long. I mean, you got, you got to give him some credit, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he worked his way up the totem pole. So, I mean, it, he respect where, where it's due. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, I think that the NLB probably does more to hold some of these guys accountable than we realize. Maybe they don't, but I could I could be wrong. But, I mean, the, we yeah, don't maybe. know what happens behind closed doors. We we just don't. I mean, a bad calls happen, and we all just assume that MLB just doesn't care what, what they do. They're just, they're just, <laughs> they just can run free and do whatever they want. I'd have more of a problem with it if it was like a super frequent thing, but I just don't think it is. I think I just think that the few times it happens, it it riles everyone up so much that we demand something change. When the reality is, they they do a a pretty good job. I would go as far as to say that the MLB has the best officiating crew of all the professional sports. You know, watching NBA and NFL, I think they do a, a much better job than those two. And I, I'm not even Hockey accounts for like half a professional sport in this country. It's got a it's got a little ways to go before it catches up to the big three. I'd say hockey. I'd say hockey is better than MLB umpires. You think so? Well, that may Absolutely. be true, but there. But hockey isn't nearly as popular. It's. I, I still would. I, I think most people would agree that if you ask them to name the big three professional sports in this country, they, they'd go football, basketball, baseball. Those are the top three, but I think hockey's popular enough. It is a national league, and it is it is very global. A lot of people from around the world do play in it. Um, okay, I don't watch it enough, so I, I I don't know what what the refing is like in that. But would you agree about uh, NBA and NFL? NFL definitely. There's no question, and and NBA. At, I feel like NBA, NBA is more basketball. clear bias. It's terrible. You can take you can take if your name's James Harden or LeBron James, you can just truck people and you can take well, four that's, steps that's without dribbling, without getting calls. It's terrible. Yeah, it, it is more biased. Yes. Yeah, so yes, I, I will yeah, definitely you don't, agree you don't, with that. You don't get you don't get a favorable call in MLB. You don't get called safe if you are obviously out just because your name no, you is don't. Mike Trout. But it, yeah, no, it's you not don't. that way in the NBA. You can pretty much do whatever you want if you're a superstar in the NBA. Well, yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. It's much more one-sided. We're in the NFL. Half the people don't know the rules these days. Everything is very arbitrary. Pass interference is arbitrary. Well, yeah. Catch rules arbitrary. so much. And, yeah, it's nobody knows what the hell a catch is anymore in the NFL. <laughs> it, yeah, Saints fans don't listen to this show. It gets crazier every single year, and I, I don't know. I don't like the that you can't even you can't even sneeze on a quarterback anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, now with the whole rough in the passer thing. Yeah, I know it's yeah, it's kind of out of control. And I mean, to be fair to some of this, uh, some of these refs in the NFL, it's hard to know what to call when the rules aren't even that clear at times. Yeah, it's it's a pretty jumbled up mess in the NFL right now. They've got way too many big question marks on on what does and doesn't constitute a flag. What what is a catch? It's the whole thing is just it seems like they're improvising it all. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Very true. 
Interesting conversation. I think we definitely have to bring this uh, topic back on umpires when the season starts, because I know there's a lot of different writers out there that have varying opinions on umpires, so we should have some of them on the show and have a lengthy conversation about it. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I I'm always down to 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 squabble with people over umpires. I think they get a bad rap. Hmm. Oh, it's interesting. Very interesting. So, Cubs wise, actual Cubs wise. Again, not a lot going on. We had Cubs Con last week. Cubs Con was Cubs Con. I mean, it's not like any happened. Any news. The TV deal wasn't announced. There was no announcement yeah. of any moves or anything like that. So really right now, until they do make a move, if they do make a move, we're pretty much just counting down to spring training. Yeah, I don't know about you. We do oh, have sorry, something We do have something you know, not directly related to the Cubs, but uh, NL Central, uh, Sonny Gray being a Cincinnati Red now, I mean, that's that's fairly significant news for Cubs fans, I think. Let's look at the Reds rotation now. Now they have Tanner Roark, Sonny Gray, and Alex Wood. I mean, those are some pretty big additions right there. I don't think they're better than the Cubs, but it closes the gap. Oh, no. No, not even close. I still think they're probably, at best, the fourth-place team in the NL Central. Um, but, you know, and even if that rotation doesn't end up being very good, at least they've got a rotation with guys that you've actually heard of. Because I don't think the average baseball fan could say that uh, in years past, at least if you weren't a Cincinnati Reds fan. Right. Between the time Johnny Cueto left and this year, it was just a jumbled pile of uh, potential or just random guys or the corpse of Homer Bailey. Yes. Oh, man, Homer Bailey. Whew. That was that's one of the bigger train wrecks of a contract <laughs> in recent years. Yeah, and memory. bless them for being able to get rid of it. Yeah, I know. I don't know how they managed to pull that off, but yeah, you know, the Reds the Reds are going to be a lot better than they have been. They, oh, I, for sure. I, I like what they're doing. I I don't think they're even close to being able to compete with the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Brewers in this division. I don't think they're going to sniff the playoffs this year. Uh, but I respect the fact that they aren't just selling off every asset they have uh, to stockpile minor leaguers. I like the fact that after all these years of losing, they're actually saying to their fan base, hey, we're, we're making some moves to try to win some games. And even if they aren't going to win enough to get into the postseason, I really respect the fact that they're trying, and I wish more teams would do that because I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the tanking mentality. Well, I just think back all the off-seasons and think to myself, when have the Reds ever done anything in the off-season? You, yeah. you can't think of it. Yeah, they, they, do, they do nothing almost every year. So to, to see them go out and get some, some decent hitters to, to put around Joey Votto for once and some, some respectable pitchers, I think it's good. And I hope more teams follow suit. Absolutely. Good for them. I mean, good for them for trying. That's exactly I what I here, said on Twitter the other day. Yeah, here's here's what I think. I don't know what exactly uh, they could do, but maybe maybe MLB should do something to try to incentivize teams that lose year after year. Uh, maybe they should do something to try to incentivize them to, to make winning moves rather than, hmm. than, than tanking and, and stockpiling. Maybe there should be some sort of uh, at least small consolation or reward system for teams that don't trade every good player they have to tank for, for drafting. 
Here's what I want you to do for next week. I want you to come up with a system, your own proposition, and then share it on the show. Oh, I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be responsible for. <laughs> but but I will. Since you since you want me to do that, I will do that. Yeah, because you know I I think it's an interesting idea, and I'm I'm curious oh. to see what you have to say. Oh no 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 doubt that it's easier said than done. I I'd, I'd never claimed that it's just you know easy as that snap of a finger, but I I do oh, I think maybe maybe they're maybe they. They should find. Uh, I think every sports league should search for ways to to prevent teams from tanking. I know NFL. Well, look, you've has, got so many different sports leagues trying to change the lottery rules because of that, yeah. because of how the system is kind of like that. So it is a relevant topic. Hell, even Len Casper, even on Twitter one day, brought up the idea of of just completely flipping the draft order. Uh, World Series team gets first pick. And that way, every team is does the best they can to win as many games as they can, which you know that that's an interesting idea, and that obviously that would stop tanking. But I think that that also would create the problem of of the good teams staying good forever, and we already yeah. sort of have that problem now that the teams yeah. that are really good tend to stay good, and teams teams that are really bad tend to stay really bad. But uh, I I think that they could maybe at least try to get creative and think of ways to to stop tanking from happening at least so much. I mean, it, it's a, it's a problem when you've got uh, like 40 to 50% of your league, not trying to win. I think Glenn Casper is on the right track. I just don't know if that's the approach I'd go with, but I think he's no, on the I right wouldn't. track on thinking about ways to stop tanking. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I would never implement that idea, but I, I, I like that, that somebody in baseball with a platform is, is at least speaking out about, about that. As, because I, I just, I hate tanking. I feel, I feel bad for the fan bases that have to watch their team lose on purpose. Teams that they, that they, they pay for tickets, they pay for merchandise, memorabilia, all that stuff. Uh, and then their team goes out and rewards them by intentionally losing games. I think it's pretty, I, it's pretty bad. I think that's a terrible thing to do. It's a way Teams because have been successfully built, but it, it is kind of a shame that it's had to come that way. Yeah, yeah. I I just I don't like it. I that's see I mean, that's that's another thing easier said than done. It's I know that there there is no easy obvious solution to that problem. And tanking obviously it does work for some teams. Some teams have have built championship teams because they they stockpiled draft picks for long enough and it worked out. Uh, there's also a lot of teams though that. Are, it doesn't work out, and they just find themselves in the same loop of losing year after year after year. Or what will happen is they tank, they build up, they have about a year or two of success, and then they drop back again. Yeah, well, see, yeah, that's that's the thing is that you don't really build a dynasty doing it that way. You lose, you lose long term and win short term, and you have to ask right. yourself if you really believe that's worth it or not. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we should have a whole show dedicated to this because I could go on for a while about yeah. this kind of topic. So that's why next week, uh, if there's no big news, we'll definitely talk about it more, and I would love to see a certain kind of proposition you would have uh, if you could come up with one. If you can, I'd love to hear it. I, I will do my best. I will think of something. Right on. 
Uh, there was one thing I wanted to mention from Cubs convention, and it goes back to our Hall of Fame uh, talk. Uh, for the first time, the Chicago Cubs saw Hall of Famer Lee Smith at the Cubs convention. He was voted in via the uh, Veterans Committee. He made it in via the Veterans Committee, I should say, uh, this year. So he is the newest Chicago Cub Hall of Famer. The stats are right now. Total career, 478 saves in 18 years. Eight of those years were spent in Chicago. His totals in Chicago, 292 ERA, 681.1 innings pitched, 180 saves, a whip of 1.25, a strikeouts per nine of 8.5, well-deserving of the Hall of Fame. Took too long, but, you know, there's another Cub in the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's good for him. Uh, I wish I could talk more about him, but uh, to be honest, uh, the last time he pitched in the MLB, I was two years old. So he's a little before my time, but yeah, almost 20-year career, uh, 3.3, 3.03 ERA. Yeah, good for him. I'm glad he's in. And a FIP of 2.93, so a sub-3 FIP, even more impressive. Yes. I, I had a, a question for you about the Hall of Fame. Uh, yes. Which hat should Mike Mussina wear? See, here's the thing. I think a lot of people like myself, when I think of Mike Mussina, I see him in Yankee pinstripes. The fact of the matter is, his best years were in Baltimore. Yes. So that's a uh, tough question. I, yeah, and, and I could see him leaning Yankees because I think the consensus, again, this is another guy who's before my time, before our time, I think consensus seems to be that the Orioles kind of jerked him around a little bit and kind of gave him a screw job on contract negotiations more times than once, actually. So, yeah, like you said, better years were in Baltimore, but would he, you know, hold some uh, contempt for them for for how things went down? Um, And also I think there's something to be said for choosing the team that you chose, too. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, right now, I think he's going to go in as a Yankee. That's just kind of how I see it. But if he went in as an Oriole, I would at least say, okay, the guy's best years were in Baltimore. So I could see yeah. that. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and guess Baltimore, just based on the interviews that I've seen of him uh, in, the, in the past couple days. Okay. Because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's really – all that mad at Baltimore. It, it, the the sense I got from from what he said is that he's more or less over it how things went down with the Orioles. And if that's the case, then it really wouldn't surprise me that he would go in as an Oriole. Uh, yeah, so I think that's a good guess as well. We'll have to see. I think Roy Halladay is going to go in as a Blue Jay. Yeah, and then I there's agree. something just telling me that Mo is going to go in as a Yankee. I don't know why. I just think so. Really? Yeah, that's that's, that's a pretty bold. That's a pretty bold guess there, Cotton. Yeah. Do you think Lee Smith goes in as a Cub? I think he does he's, because he's, that was where he spent to. the majority of his. Of yeah. His, yeah. Yeah, he spent twice as much in Chicago as he did anywhere else. I, I would think he would. Absolutely. Um, and then, obviously, Edgar Martinez is going to be a Mariner. I don't think there's any yeah. question there. Yeah, I just wish he would have broke out the old glove a little more, you know. A ball Keep yelling at that cloud. 
abolish the DH. It's not baseball. It's a gimmick. <laughs> well, before we end the show, I actually have a little bit of an announcement to make. And I haven't even told you yet. All right. So uh, we're going to be doing uh, some fun activities on this show in the coming months, and it's going to be called Cubs Madness. And, yes, it is a play on March Madness. We are going to have a special bracket of different Cubs events, uh, particular moments, people. We're going to have four different, you know, uh, brackets like they do in March Madness, and it's all going to come down to one championship. And basically what's going to happen is is we're going to create the bracket. We're going to take some time to, you know, seed everything and whatnot. And then we're going to go on Twitter, and we're going to have the fans vote for each game. And, you know, we'll have week one, week two, week three as it goes into the championship. And we'll see who is the Cubbies Crib Cubs Madness winner. All right. I like it. Good idea. It's another opportunity for me to tell people on Twitter why they are so wrong. So, yeah, this is great. Good idea, partner. Well, thank you. Now part of me is regretting that decision. No, just kidding. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're probably going to ask uh, many Cub fans to come forward and, you know, propose what uh, is going to be on the bracket. We're probably going to do each section a little differently, like a different theme. Like one may be postseason moments. One may be great quotes. One may be you know, uh, great pitching performances. So we're going to start that out. We have some time before March Madness. Uh, it'll be a fun way to kind of get ready for the regular season as we watch March Madness and we get really eager for the baseball season to start. So really excited for that. We're going to keep working on it. But, yeah, that's going to be what's going to go on. All so right. I'm looking forward time. to it. Yep, me too. Adam, thanks for coming on, as always. Always a pleasure. Always, always. Be sure to follow Cubby's Crib on Twitter. They are looking for 3,000 followers. They're almost there, so give them a follow. Until next time, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night. We'll see you next week.